It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors take down the Chicago Bulls and avenge the play-in loss with a 106-102 preseason victory on Tuesday night. We'll dig into our biggest takeaways, including Scotty Barnes at the five. It rocks. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited. Let's go. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, October the 18th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now, going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website formerly known as Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and of course, Come hang out in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, baby. The link is in the description. Got over 200 little sickos just like you talking ball, reacting to games, talking fantasy basketball, movies, video games. It's all going on in the Discord. It's going to be a great spot to be throughout the season, I reckon. So come hang out. Again, link in the description. If it's expired, shoot me a DM. I'll get you a fresh link, and we'll see you there. Uh, you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on all the different audio apps and of course on YouTube in video form each and every day. Just hit the big red subscribe button or whatever color the button is these days on your browser of choice and you will get those fresh episodes, notifications if you want them of when they go live so you never miss an episode. All right, 
On today's show, we are breaking down a 106-102 preseason win over the Chicago Bulls in a game that looked kind of regular season-y, at least for most of it. Obviously, you get the kind of bench guys in for the close of the game, but something of a dress rehearsal, it would seem, for both of these teams, starters playing around 30 minutes each. And uh, a lot of, I think, pretty interesting little nuggets to pull from this game. And here to pull said nuggets is our pal Katie Heindel from Basketball Feelings from Dime. Katie, what the hell's going on? Not much, man. Um, it did It did look like... Okay, to my to my memory, like my traditional as Raptors memory, it felt like a preseason game. But then I realized about halfway through, no, this is what the team's going to look like this, <laughs> this year. So I think it was like a nice dress rehearsal, maybe even uh, for fans to like yeah. settle into the Raptors experience. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff we saw in this game is stuff we're going to see implemented in the regular season. Obviously, no Jakob Pertle. That's a pretty big absence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the shape of the team will look very different once he's in the, in the lineup again, hopefully very soon. Get well soon, Yak. Um, but yeah, let's just kind of dive in, Katie. Let's just jump head first into the takes, shall we? Um, we'll get into your biggest takeaway from the game in, in segment number two. We'll dive into mine off the top. And for me, Katie... The thing I came away from this game just extremely excited about was all of the Scotty Barnes at center on offense action that we saw and defense too, but in particular, a ton of actions in this game where Scotty's the screener, he's rolling and then making stuff happen, whether it's scoring, whether it's spraying out passes. And to me, Katie, that is thrilling to behold. I, you know, I think there was this sort of notion coming into the year that you know, things are going to flow through Scotty Barnes. Therefore, it means he's going to be like creating from the perimeter more often. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that's going to happen. There's no doubt he will get touches as a more traditional point guard type. But the stuff he's always been good at is rolling and kind of surveying the floor from the middle and making use of his ample scoring ability around the rim. And of course, his ability to pick out pinpoint passes. And that was on full display last night. 22 points for Scotty in this one. Six boards, three assists, two steals and four blocks as well as an excellent, excellent anchor and rim protector for the defense when he was in there. Katie, what were your thoughts on the Scotty Barnes at five experiment last night? And do you think the revolution is coming where we're going to see a whole lot of this this coming season? I liked it. I thought he looked really athletic. Um, I thought his decision-making um, response time was really on point and fairly sharp. I think mm -hmm. a little bit sharper than what we saw certainly last season. Um Generally, I feel like he looked like he was empowered, you know, in that in that position. And that was also something I think was missing last season. And it was something that was very nice to see for him. Uh, I certainly think to your point, it opens up a lot of promise in terms of not just the the lineup, but kind of the shape of the, the team to come this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, small sample size. For sure. Against preseason sample size. A team that's like... <laughs> Not huge. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Scotty at the five will have his, he'll have his challenges. I'd like to see how he kind of stacks up there against some bigger teams. Mm -hmm. um, especially because no one was really, you know, up around the glass too much mm -hmm. last night. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it looked good. I thought he, it was, it was nice to see him kind of being utilized in this way that, seemed like it was a good fit for, for both sides. Whereas, you know, I was thinking back to last season where there were times where he just looked a bit lost and kind of discouraged. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's pretty understandable because he was trying, he was like a square peg 
trying to be jammed into <laughs> around all in turn, like determinate of like wherever Nick Nurse thought he should fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good. It, it felt like a lot more fluid. Absolutely. And look, you know, this is not something we're going to see for 30 minutes a night. Jakob Pertl mm-hmm. is on this team. He's the starting center and a lot of good stuff's going to happen when Yak is on the floor. But I think my sort of prevailing takeaway here is that Scotty at the five, like needs to be a core part of this team's identity this year because a lot of really good stuff happens within it. Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into your takeaways in, in a sec here, but I think you, you know, you're going to probably mention Gary Trent jr. And you know, a little pick and roll action with Scotty rolling like that opens up a whole lot of possibilities for Gary is either a pull-up shooter, or if he can make those little slip passes as a playmaker. And that's pretty exciting. I think, also, you know, one of the big sort of conundrums with this team, with the Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes duo, is the sort of overlap in responsibilities. Both guys in the past have kind of liked to operate from similar places. But if you can have a lot of lineups where Scotty's operating as like a dive man and Pascal's doing his perimeter creation thing, all of a sudden you kind of really free yourself of a lot of those overlap issues. And in fact, create a situation where both guys really complement one another. And I think Katie... Lineups where Pascal is sort of the lead ball handler with Scotty as the center, like those are going to be kind of magical for the Raptors this year. Like those guys plus shooting could be really, really fun and really effective, especially if you're going to see Scotty play defense the way he did in this one, right? Where, you know, I know it's a preseason game, but one of the more sort of disruptive defensive games I think we've ever seen from him, four blocks, two steals, um, really kind of commanding the middle of the floor as well. And, you know, there were stretches in this game where, you know, I I think the Thad Young at center thing is like a nice idea for stretches. I think that's where he's best. But you can see the rim protection's not there with him. Scotty can give you that. And I think if you can kind of funnel minutes towards, you know, Grady Dick or Precious Achua or Jalen McDaniels instead of Thad Young and have Scotty kind of become like a second unit center for you, you're really going to maximize a lot of the dudes on this team. And if he can hold up defensively for those stretches, then I don't think there's any reason not to do it. And last night was super promising there. Um, You know, what do you think this means, though, for, you know, look, they're not going to change the way they're going to roll their rotations out based on one preseason game or a couple of nice games of Scotty rolling. But what do you imagine, like, the sort of balance of Yak playing with Scotty Barnes is going to be this season. Like, do you think that's something we could see? Yeah, they'll start games together, maybe close games together. But in the middle part of the game, do you see those guys maybe kind of staggering and kind of being off the floor when the other one is on just to kind of give each guy their own space to operate in the places where they operate best? First, I want to push back and say it's great to see Thad playing uh, in the rotation again where he was shut down for the last like 14 games of last season. Mm-hmm. I actually think, you know, this goes back to what I said before about Scotty looking empowered in the lineup. I think that did too. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you're missing Pertle size. I think to a degree, you're also still missing Precious's size uh, 100%. up there. And, you know, Thad, maybe he's not going to give you that, but I thought Thad looked good. So let's not. He does do. I, look, I love Thad. Don't let's not wrong. discount I, the man. If he's going to play as a small ball five for stretches, I'm mm-hmm. in. I think it's cool, but uh, I would rather Scotty do it. <laughs> I also think I'd also, I'd rather almost see Yak and Scotty play together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious to what that looked like. If you want kind of an outsized lineup, mm-hmm. I think that would be an interesting one to throw out there. Why not? Um, to your point, yeah, sure. I think if you want to do this kind of boomerang thing where you have them starting together and then have them alternating mm-hmm. in the second and the third, that works too. Um, gives you pretty decent spacing throughout um 
I don't know. I'd have to see more to say like, okay, is this going to look, are things going to look pretty clogged up under the basket? You know, if you mm. have, if you have that kind of going, but I don't know, man, I just kind of blanked on what Jakob Bertal looks like. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm very, I will just say, I feel very slow getting into this season. It's mm-hmm. just as like a little uh, warning to everybody, but I liked, I do like what I saw last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a part of me also still wants Scotty to have the freedom not to go fully positionless. Cause last night for a minute I did panic and was like, wait a second. Like if Schroeder Malachi is like not quite there still maybe ever and Schroeder is out, like, mm-hmm. are they going to play Scotty? <laughs> like, is this going to rope Scotty into playing point? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that could work. But then I panicked a little bit. Cause I was like, I don't necessarily want to see him there as much. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. do, yeah, I do want Scotty to be able to stretch his wings a bit. For sure. And like me saying that the Scotty at five revolution is here is not me saying he should play all of his minutes as a center. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. want that to come across. Uh, as it turns out, like having different ways you can play is a nice thing to have and will be, I think, a refreshing uh, change of pace from last year where they basically had one way to do things and by the end of the season maybe one and a half ways to do things um but yeah the the yak scotty thing i think is going to be a fascinating subplot to watch just kind of how much do they share the floor what's it look like when they do what's it look like when they don't and they can kind of sprinkle in more shooting because like i think you saw last night in those lineups scotty at the five was shooting around him grady dick gary Trent jr even malachi flynn there's a lot of space for him to operate and kind of do the things he does best it's exciting to me we love Scotty at the five. Uh, we will continue on and dive into Katie's big takeaway from this game coming up on the other side. We love that sweet, sweet ball movement, don't we, Katie? We'll talk about it coming up in just one second. But first, got to tell you, better friends over at Bird Dogs, who make the most comfortable shorts you're ever going to wear. I got to tell you, I-, I was a little skeptical. Oh, Bird Dogs coming in as a sponsor. They've got this super comfortable line of clothing. And I'm, okay, all they all say they're very comfortable. No, Bird Dogs are literally the most comfortable pairs of shorts I've ever worn. I have pairs here. I've given pairs to my dad. They're his favorite shorts as well. My dad is currently at home recovering from COVID. <clears throat> I hope he's okay. Uh, get well soon, dad. But I know he's lounging around in his Bird Dogs because of the most comfortable way to be at home. I lounge around in mine all the time at the end of the day. They're wonderfully comfortable. They're fit for any occasion. You can lounge. You can go out to the bar. You can go play a golf round. You can go to the gym, and they're going to be fit for the occasion no matter what. Uh, they just they have anti-stink sweat-waking fabric as well. It keeps you cool and dry all day. They have an inside comfort lining that's sewn into the seams of every single pair of shorts they have as well neutralizing the need for underwear which is just an absolute revelation the future is here go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba right now or enter the promo code locked on nba at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle when you go make your first order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here. Katie Heindel from Dime Basketball Feelings here for your first listen of the day. Everyone, please go and uh, check out the previous episodes this week. Yesterday, Vivek Jacob and I had a great time coming up with fun lineup combinations uh, that this team might be able to roll out. It was a great time just pulling names out of a hat and saying, hey, throw them out. That could be fun. Great show. Um, Katie, your takeaway. What was your biggest takeaway from the preseason victory over the Chicago Bulls? My first takeaway is how jarring it is to hear you advocate for people not to wear underwear this early in the morning. <laughs> Fair. But also supportive of a shorts um, of a shorts sponsor, clearly. Yes, as the genius inventor, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've come a long way since I invented shorts. Uh, <laughs> I think my, my – no, I don't think. I know. My biggest takeaway from watching last night's game – was the ball movement. I thought mm-hmm. it looked phenomenal, especially strong in the first quarter. There were some kind of juddering sort of missteps in the second, sorry, first half in the second half. It seemed to go a little bit off the rails mm-hmm. um, just with the speed and sort of the quickness. And, you know, I also think that was due to the lineup that we closed the game out with, which is sure. like no nothing to knock that lineup. Love seeing all those guys and them getting minutes on the floor. Um, but I just think it's going to be so fortuitous to one, the way that Darko clearly wants this team to play. There's mm-hmm. so much connectivity. There's so much energy that comes out of it. I was really impressed with the fact that you had that much ball movement and the turnovers, at least in the first half, stayed pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, your assists are way up. They were still really good. I think from in the first half, it was about like 50% from three. Like, yeah. Or no, that was maybe just the field goal. But like the shooting also held up pretty decently which again, I think goes back to this sense of uh, good ball movement is super generative of offense. Mm-hmm. It's also super generative of defense. Um, and generally, like that's what you want. I think I said this last week, like that is what you want from a lineup that is strikingly new. Like even mm-hmm. I knew that, but like watching the game last night was like, there are a lot of new faces on the floor. Yeah, they've been playing together through the preseason at camp, but to get a team to get to know each other and get used to each other and kind of get a feel for one another. There's really no better way to do that than to encourage that kind of passing, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to see it hit at least three people's hands before a shot gets taken. For I sure. love that kind of basketball, frankly. Great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it works against teams like the bulls. I think it'll work against even, you know, to go back to something I said earlier with like Scotty at the five, like it'll work against bigger lineups too, because mm-hmm. it's going to be a really handy tool to unbalance you know, um, kind of those larger imposing teams. So I liked it. I know you're going to push back, but I also, I already have like a pushback to your pushback. Oh, <laughs> I'm not pushing back on love and the ball <laughs> movement. I think it's great. I, I think, you know, the, the way they're playing offense, I still think there are going to be possessions where it bogs down. I, <laughs> I think in particular, uh, you know, it not even bogs down, but just where the, the passing doesn't necessarily lead immediately to great shots. Right. I think the, the sort of possession that symbolizes this idea for me, Third quarter, like a full possession of gorgeous ball movement all around, swinging around the horn, drive kick, drive kick. And it ends up with Pascal Siakam leaving a very beautiful dump off pass to Thad Young. And then the shot clock expires and they Mm -hmm. don't get points out of it. 
I think there will be a lot of possessions like that where it looks really nice. The process is there and they just don't quite generate great looks because a lot of their guys are just not the most adept at creating advantages on their own, but passing begets more advantages. And eventually as the possession expo- like, you know, pr- progresses, you're going to get better looks and you would hope that there's some refinement of sort of the timing of it all going forward here. But in general, I mean, even if their half court offense is worse this season on like a per possession basis, I think it's going to be way more interesting and fun to watch because they're not going to get sort of goaded into these prolonged back downs and isos where they're just kind of hoping they can get a good look from an individual's self-creation. Instead, it's going to be more of a, all right, let's move the ball and see if we can create something out of this sort of initial action and not have this bogged down into nasty, nasty offense. So I'm totally with you. You know, I think, yes, only 21 assists last night, but, you know, to, to go back to the three-point shooting, mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of clean looks they missed, and I, the process I'm very keen on. I think it looks good. You got good three-point shooting from the guys who matter most, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes goes two of three. Gary Trent Jr. goes three of six. Um, and a lot of those looks pretty clean and, and created out of good ball movement. So uh, certainly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not upset about it at all. Push back at that, Katie. <laughs> I think that that will clarify over time is mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Um, sure. That this sense of the clock either running out, you know, mm-hmm. and people just like losing, literally like losing track of time (laughs) and then pulling up to make a pretty sloppy shot or just like a really not great on like a not great look Mm -hmm. will clarify the more that people understand like where and how to get to their spots and when. Um, I think, I don't, it's not saying it's ever going to look seamless. Mm -hmm. I don't know that this group of, I don't get them with the personnel there are, I don't know. There'll always be like little judders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that will clarify itself and yeah, I don't know. I think it looks good. It's also like you're empowering like looks and, um, you know, j- like we talked a little bit about last night when you were texting about Javon Liberty Carter, Liberty Freeman rather, uh, mm-hmm. who I love and hope that guy gets <laughs> more minutes, but just like the, he had some beautiful passes oh, really, gorgeous. really quick, yeah. like mm-hmm. really, really quick kind of kick out passes to, um, and I will say like, everybody was ready for them. Whereas mm-hmm. like, I wasn't. So I was like, where's, <laughs> where is he passing that to? Oh, okay. You know, like there's clear kind of like there's, it's been practiced, but there's also a sense of intuition there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love to see, you know, someone like Javon Freeman Liberty can come in and throw cool passes by all means get in there, baby. I, uh, <laughs> I am a, a staunch supporter of anyone who throws cool passes. And I think for this team and its ball movement to really work, the passing is going to have to be very, you know, very pinpoint and accurate. And I think they stand a pretty good chance of doing that, at least from most corners of the roster. We'll come back on the other side, Katie. We'll get into our good, bad, and hmm to close out the show and uh, we'll have some fun. We'll come back in just one sec. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And right now is the perfect time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options as well including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just football. Maybe you're not a football fan. Maybe you're someone who wants to go in and be a, uh, you know, get those futures bets in on the NBA or the NHL, or you want to put some money down on the MLB World Series coming up. You can do all of that on FanDuel, all sorts of different betting options, and you can use those bonus bets you get from your NFL bets to go and do 
all of your sports wagering. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and visit the, or sorry, and to kick off the NFL season, that is FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, rounding things out here, the way we round out every game recap episode on the show with the good, the bad, and the hmm, everybody's favorite very badly named segment uh, that has lots of structure to it. People like structure. Katie. Start with the good. What's the thing you liked from last night's game that we haven't talked about so far? Mm, Gary. Yeah. We yeah, haven't. Okay. Forgot, I forgot. I totally forgot to mention Gary in my <laughs> ball movement spiel, which yeah. he was like the reason for it. Because throughout the first half, um, I think Gary is someone we also, one, I think, yes, this was like his inclination when he got to the Raptors. He was more of like a shoot first kind of player. But two, I will also preface, I think he got squeezed into those roles or like those positions kind of with the like the minutes the really whittled minutes <laughs> that sure. he was getting last season um so and i mean like after gary's been like everything from like called out for not playing defense and then like steps up and plays defense and like really throws his body on the line to do it and then like doesn't really have much to show for it and last uh like last season's team uh i'm really for the fact that he kind of like it seems like he's he's much better at reading what the team needs and doing what is asked of him, mm-hmm. especially, you know, with these kind of shifting lineups. Um, and to just see him, like, get the ball and then immediately make a smart pass with it for, like, somebody to take the better shot. Whereas, like, yeah, maybe he has a look, but it might not be the best look. So he's looking for the best look. <laughs> um, again, that kind of stalled out in the second half. I don't know if that was just given the lineups that kind of came in because – when somebody, I think when somebody goes from like having a great game to mm-hmm. just being super quiet all of a sudden, it's not always just due to them, right? Yeah. Of their lack of ability or lack of game flow and all that. Yeah, being able to make something happen. Um, but I was like incredibly encouraged by it. I thought like this is such a great and novel way for for a guy to be able to like fit his way into a new kind of system and utilize and showcase some skills that maybe we haven't got to see yet from Gary. So mm-hmm. very happy with that. Yeah, and I think notably, like the rotations in the fourth quarter were very preseasony rotations, right? Yes. Like you have the big guns in there, and then you take them out, and it's sort of bench guys. And I think maybe the spots where Gary's going to get a chance to kind of flex his creation muscles will be in those sort of you know mid to late second quarter spots where you know maybe he's in there, uh, you know, either kind of running a bench unit or you know kind of co-captaining a bench unit with a Scotty Barnes, for example. Um, and he kind of gets a little bit more emboldened to be a bit of a creator, where his pull-up shooting gravity might be the best on the team. And that's going to have like trickle down effects It's going to make things easier for his role, man. It's going to make things easier for him as a playmaker and as a shooter. And, you know, again, we saw his playmaking regress last season. And part of that might have been role part of that. You know, I think, uh, you know, he's not not shown a ton of track record of being able to throw sort of higher level passes. But, you know, if you're being emboldened to do it and the sort of the shape of the floor is conducive to it, then certainly that's something he can add in. And if he can do that, even on like a sort of sparing basis, that's a huge addition to the Raptors in between lineups. And I'm a, I'm a big fan. He was great last night. I, I really enjoyed 
Gary's work, uh, specifically working in those pick and rolls with Chris Boucher and Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, my good Katie, Jalen McDaniels just knows where to stand. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't have himself a great shooting night last night. 0-4 from deep. Uh, don't expect we'll see that as like a recurring trend necessarily. He's been an averagest three-point shooter in his career. But I think, you know, kind of going even further back to the ball movement thing, he's going to fit into basically any lineup they want to run because he can stand anywhere. He can space. He can cut. He can kind of move to the spot where space needs to be filled. He's just a smart basketball player. And, you know, hopefully the three start to follow. He's had a, you know, I think a pretty efficient start outside of last night in his preseason action so far. And he opens up a lot of pretty interesting lineup possibilities too. You know, you saw him and Scotty kind of run as the four five in some lineups. And Mm -hmm. I think his very first shift in, he subs in and his first play, he makes like a huge defensive stand at the rim and forces a miss. And I think there's just a lot of defensive upside with this guy. He, to me, Katie, might be like one of the faster guys I've ever seen as far as like getting to the second contest. If he gets, you know, caught on a pump fake, you know, he'll like kind of jump out of his shoes. And then all of a sudden he's right back there contesting the, the, the attempt that's going up. That's pretty exciting. Uh, he just, he seems like they know where to stand, know what he's doing. Smart basketball player. I'm in on the Jalen McDaniels experience. Um, that's my good. What's your bad from this game, Katie? Like, uh, you tell me if this is allowed. Um, I feel like my bad was Andre Drummond missing the dunk. <laughs> I got so like that made me sad at like a few levels. Like mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. as a dunk enthusiast, um, and also as someone who just like feels an immense amount of, I guess like projected embarrassment when you <laughs> have that clear of a path. Yep. And like you slow the game down. You take like. There's no reason why you miss it, but you miss it so spectacularly by slamming the ball on the rim, the mm-hmm. front rim at that. You literally fall very short. So that was very bad to me um, in terms of, I mean, maybe that's telling is that I didn't actually have like, I didn't think there was a terrible or awful takeaway from for the Raptors side of things. Like we've talked about, you know, um, maybe things going off the rails a little bit in the fourth. Again, I really think maybe that's just due to roster uh, and the speed at which everyone has not acclimatized to the Darko beautiful passing system yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally I thought the team looked good. It was like also a really fun watch. Yeah. Yeah. Very good time. Yeah. I mean, like the starters came in and completely blew it open to start the fourth and it was like, okay, great. Job done. Let's go. (laughs) And then the other guys came in and held on. So I I don't think you can complain too much about the flow of this game either. Um, Yeah. There's not a whole lot of bad. My bad from this one is just a number. And it's a number I think that's going to be worth keeping an eye on. It's the half court offense. Uh, Per cleaning the glass, Katie, the Toronto Raptors half court offense last night had a 71.4 offensive rating. That is very bad. That is like Kevin O'Neill, Toronto Raptors era bad. Really, really grim. And I think for me, the worst moments of the half-court offense were when Dennis Schroeder was in. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. Teams are just not going to go over screens against him. They are going to go under. They're going to uh, dare him to shoot. He's not going to shoot. He's just never been a high-volume pull-up three-point shooting guy. And there's just not a ton of space out there when that's the case. And you're trying to run sort of initiating actions and teams are just not concerned about your point guard shooting. I like Schroeder when he's sizing guys up kind of in isolation and kind of using his quickness to get by and sort of just produce blow buys and quick, easy buckets. That's a great little implementation of what he does, but definitely going to be keeping an eye on how the half court offense performs when he's at the helm, because I found that their best moments last night 
were when they didn't have the sort of full complement of starters in there around Schroeder, and it was more you know Pascal running stuff or mm-hmm. Gary running stuff or Scotty kind of working as the five. Uh, I, you know, seventy one point four is really really bad. That said, sort of to counter that in transition in this game. They got into transition 21.4% of the time. I think 20% is going to be their sort of bar to clear most nights. If they can do that, I think they can sort of uplift that offense. And in transition last night, they scored at 138.1 offensive rating clips. So, uh, you know, they're going to run a ton, and that's going to be how they offset the half court. But the half court last night, the numbers don't lie. Uh, it was pretty grim, and they had to really lean on free throws and all that stuff to kind of get by offensively. But hey, maybe you lean on free throws, and you have a lot of guys who get fouled, and that's a perfectly viable way to score points as well. Uh, the hmm, Katie, let's quickly wrap up here with our hmm, a thing that maybe caught your eye and gives you a little bit of intrigue about what comes next. Yeah, I think my hmm is a Mohamedou guy. Uh, yep, yep. I just really liked what I saw from him, even the kind of the parts part looked like he was sort of figuring it out. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, I get it. He like looks pretty prototypic in terms of just his frame and the way he kind of fits in with the team. Mm-hmm. But I think there's more there. I did get to see him uh, at summer league too. And it was nice to see him collect some minutes uh, late game last night. Generally just like a bit nervous for him. Cause he's so, we're not talking like when Banyama likes skinny <laughs> legs, but like really slim build yeah. right like obviously does remind me of an early kind of chris boucher um, sure. but you know he's got size and length um some quickness so yeah i the dunk a lot too yeah we love dunks <laughs> we do love dunks as we've um clarified but yeah I'm, i'd be curious to see where and how he gets used this season yeah well, he's on an exhibit 10, which, you know, yeah, suggests yeah. he's probably going to be 905. But that's like, hey, if you get to watch Mohamedou Gay at 905 all season long, I'm perfectly down for that. Um, and who knows, maybe it becomes something else, maybe a cycle in a two way or something like that. Um, you know, these things are not always finite or, you know, not going to be. Nor should they be, which is also yeah. like a hmm, because we've talked a lot about development coming back, sure. right? And, and not taking such a backseat for the team anymore. So mm. if this is how it looks back in action, I enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And I think like the end of this game was like, I almost used this as my good as well. The Mm -hmm. end of this game was super competitive. You had dudes kind of fighting for roster status and just like really kind of laying it all out there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the just very frenetic and chaotic energy of Mohamedou Gay was a big part of the sort of overall tone and tenor of the close of that game. I had a great time. Um, My hmm, Katie, is uh, Malachi Flynn looking more like a square, which is good. Uh, He looks like he has some muscle on him. I think he's talked about this in preseason. And, you know, look, it was a bad shooting night for him last night. 0 of 7. You know, that's not what you want to see. Ultimately, his NBA career is going to be determined one way or another by whether or not he can hit shots. Um, That said, he's been historically an average-ish three-point shooter. And that's something this team needs, in theory, if you can get an idealized version of him. But I do think the extra bulk could help him a lot. I think his biggest issue on offense in particular the last few years has been he just can't get to his spots because he's too easy to knock off of them. He's just too frail and lean and all this type of stuff. He looks like he's got a little bit more beef. He's looking at a little more strength. And I, like, I think last night, while he didn't score very effectively, he had the seven rebounds. He had three assists. He had two steals. He had a block. Like He was getting in there and kind of messing stuff up and... That's a Malachi Flynn I can get on board with, like someone who can actually like assert some sort of physical advantage on guys in a way he hasn't in the past. We'll see. You know, I, I know there's sort of a lot of people who are just calling for Flynn to not be on the team anymore, and I mm-hmm. can't believe I'm on the sort of Flynn apologist side of things right now because it's not where I've typically been. 
But I think he's shown a little bit here in the preseason to suggest that there might be some different stuff going on with him this year. Team also really that. needs him. They do need it. Like if he yeah. can pop, that's huge. It's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm fine with seeing through the last year of his rookie deal to see if you can kind of turn him into something with the Darko development magic that everyone's, you know, touting so highly. And, uh, you know, as much as I would like to see him not go of seven, I think there were some positive things last night and the extra beef on his frame seems to be, uh, you know, pretty helpful. I think for him, in terms of just like asserting himself in the games. Um, Katie, I'll stop talking about beef. We'll wrap up the show. Do you have anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Yeah, I'll um, say that I had Sean Yu on the basketball feelings podcast uh, this week. So Sean, if you don't know him, he's a, producer he was a producer at espn the ringer now he uh works for ways force and entertainment as senior creative um that might not mean anything to you but he does work on the podcast pizza with paul george so we talked a lot about that you know kind of what are the nice things about watching an athlete hit their stride in the media space talked about the media space gossiped a little bit um (laughs) talked about vulnerability yeah i i really like sean he's super smart fun nice guy so you can listen to that uh, at basketballfeelings.com if you're very a subscriber. Noble name as well. Yeah, very noble name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> be a subscriber to Basketball Feelings. Uh, paid subscriber over here. I love it. So it's <laughs> worth every penny. Go do it. Uh, you can find me, at Woodley Sean, on all the socials. You can find uh, at Lockdown Raptors. You can go to the Discord. Link is in the description. would love to see you join us in there. Uh, again, that's where I'm kind of dropping my thoughts during games this season. And so if you want that, if that's a thing you're into, the Discord will be the place for that uh you can also find the show and all your favorite podcast apps never miss an episode by subscribing getting those notifications when episodes go live or on youtube as well <laughs> and uh, with that we will leave it there we'll be back again on thursday to talk about tbd we'll uh we'll see what comes out of practice and stuff today and then the sort of responses to the preseason game and we'll craft some topics but later this week on friday we have the first part of our over under spectacular with vivek and sahal of course the annual grand tradition we'll have part one friday part two monday very excited about that. Uh, and in the meantime, that's where you so much for hanging out. Turn into a maniac, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a tyrant. <laughs> I've also never won, and so I'm getting more and more angry by the year <laughs> as it goes on. Um, but yeah, you have that to look forward to Friday. In the meantime, have yourself a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging. Bye bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.